0: It's a mystery still looming over the Hampton Roads community. Prosecutors are disappointed with today's Hey everyone, welcome to my channel. My name is Amanda and here we talk about all things true crime. In today's episode, we are going to cover some true crime in the news. As you can tell by the title, I have a few cases that I want to go over that have been in the news that I think deserve some insight or we can just talk about the sentencing of some. So again, I have my notes down here. It's easier for me to write some hand notes on some current cases rather than write a whole script. I went over that in my last video. It's probably how I'm going to do some things for now. I enjoyed it. Hopefully you guys did too. But I realized in my last video that I forgot Gypsy Rose Blanchard. That, of course, is huge in true crime. I have done some in-depth with the case. But doing too much <laughs> makes me extremely sad. And to go into it over and over again... I normally don't do that with your crime. Normally I just watch one documentary, one episode, then move on to the next. I don't like to dwell on one. Although there are some that, you know, you can't get enough information about you. Every time there's an update, you're about it. However, this one was not one of those for me, but I did want to cover it because it's important. So Gypsy Rose Blanchard was in the news recently as she's been granted parole, according to the Missouri Department of Corrections they confirmed that she is set to be released December 28th 2023 after serving 85% of her sentence she was originally sentenced to 10 years and according to federal law which i'm assuming she's in federal prison i didn't look into they only have to serve 85% of their sentence and then they can be considered for parole now one thing about gypsy if you are unfamiliar with her name. I'll do a quick recap, but it seems as if maybe she was only, what's the word I'm looking for? A problem or dangerous, I guess, to her mother, it seems. Now let's just do a real quick recap for those who are unaware who Gypsy Rose Blanchard is. So she became, I guess, national headlines because of her upbringing prior to the murder. When Gypsy was eight years old, her mother, Dee Dee Blanchard, had to tell people that Gypsy was suffering from leukemia and muscular dystrophy and that she actually needed to use a cha- wheelchair. So from the time that she was eight, she was in a wheelchair from my understanding. At one point, Gypsy was even forced to be put on an oxygen tube in order to help her breathe, even though she didn't really need it. Her mother just forced these things on her while telling other people that she needed them. She told Gypsy's father, which I believe Didi and the father were estranged, obviously, for something like this to happen. I couldn't imagine that they lived together. But Didi told her husband that it was a chromosome disorder that was giving their daughter all these issues, rather than leukemia and everything else she was telling everybody. So she was actually telling people different stories, which you will see a lot when people obviously lie. So the public would find out that Gypsy was not actually sick and that her mother forced her to do all of these things, to shave her head, to use a wheelchair when she could walk just fine. I couldn't imagine making a young child shave their head to make it seem like they had leukemia. I can It just blows my mind sometimes sometimes how people act, especially with their children. It's not hard to be a good parent and just give a shit. It's crazy to think that someone could get away with this, faking that their child's sick. Obviously, Didi would bring her to doctors and doctors would run tests and it they would just apparently go along. Experts would say that Didi most likely had a Munchausen syndrome by proxy or the most recent term, which is factitious disorder imposed on another, which at least in this case means that someone falsely claimed that someone had an illness. So Dee, Dee was falsely claiming that Gypsy had an illness. And one of the main reasons people do this is because the attention it brings from doctors, from other people. You have a sick child, your child or six sick, sick somebody close to you. It's not necessarily a child, but normally I've only heard them with children for the most part because it's it's easier to manipulate them. It's easier to force them to do the things that you want to do and tell them how they feel. Adults usually will be like, no, I don't feel that way. No, I don't have leukemia. The doctor scared the shit out of me. So Dee, Dee would take Gypsy to the doctors, telling them basically that this is what's wrong with Gypsy. The doctors would run tests and the ones that would push back and say that the test results were inconclusive or did not correspond with what Dee, Dee was telling them. Dee, Dee would just switch providers to one that would listen to her and follow what she said exactly. So Dee, Dee was telling all these people how sick Gypsy was And it seemed like one of the reasons she was doing this was for all the donations that were coming in. She would get money, trips, They went to Disney a few times. They even had a house built for them, Habitat for Humanity, in Springfield, Missouri, back in 2008. So at some point, Gypsy would become a legal doll, 18 years old. At this time around then, she was trying to get away from her mother's control. She was talking to other people online. At one point, I believe she ran away to be with somebody she met at a convention. I can't remember which kind it is, but she ran away to be with somebody. And her mother tracked her down, convinced this man that she was underage, even though she wasn't, and forced Gypsy to come home with her. I feel like all Gypsy wanted to do was get away from her mother, unfortunately. But she would go on to meet a man named Nicholas Goggion online and told him everything that her mother put her through and of course this was appalling for anybody to hear but gypsy would actually convince nicholas to kill her mother dd for her now there would be some reports that nicholas had autism and all these other things i'm not exactly sure how severe it was it's sometimes hard when defenses are claiming these things because it could be possible but it also could be Part of the defense to try and get out of this. But on June 9th, 2015, Gypsy would let Nicholas into her home where Nicholas would stab Dee Dee 17 times in the back while Gypsy hid in the bathroom covering her ears. After Dee Dee was murdered, Gypsy and Nicholas would go and have sex in Gypsy's room, which I just want to point out if you just murdered someone and that's what you're thinking, I find that entirely crazy and disgusting. But they did that, stole. $4,000, and then basically went on the run, eventually ending up in Wisconsin, which is where Nicholas, I believe, was from. Now, both Gypsy and Nicholas would be arrested in Wisconsin once police tracked them down. Nicholas would go on to be convicted of first-degree murder, and he would receive a sentence of life in prison without the possibility of parole. As I said in the beginning, Gypsy took a plea deal where she pled guilty to the second-degree murder of her mother, in 2016 and she was originally set to be released you know 10 years 2026 but 85 percent of her sentence would be three years early so it looks like she is getting out as of right now on December 28th I believe I said it was now I want to know what you think about this was Gypsy a victim was Nicholas a victim of Gypsy because people say that Gypsy used sex to get Nicholas to commit this crime for her well, I do think that that could be possible, I don't know, Nicholas, I don't know their relationship. I didn't deep dive too much into this to find out exactly what that entailed. But I do think that this possibly could have been the only out for Gypsy. Now, I don't condone it, but in her mind, maybe this was it. Now... Everything she went through in her childhood definitely had some effect on her sentence. And hopefully she gets out and does good things with the second chance that she was given. Now, another one I want to touch base on real fast. I have another one after this, but I may not get to it. My kids are about to get off the bus. Try to squeeze a video in real fast so I can get this out. And I have another story I want to talk about, Jason Billingsley, which we all have heard in the news. But I can touch base on that in another video. Maybe do another one with that one. Two in this one, two in that one. We'll see how it goes. So Lauren Patsania, hopefully I pronounced that right, was recently in court for sentencing in her involvement in the death of 87-year-old Barbara Gustin. Lauren pled guilty to first-degree manslaughter after she pushed the 87-year-old voice coach in the street, causing Barbara to fall and hit her head on the road, leading to her death. I'll do a quick recap, as I like to in these videos, for anyone who is not familiar with the death of Barbara. I do remember this last year because there was a little search for, not a little, there was a search for the murderer for a while there. And you could keep hearing on the news and reports and articles. I'm more of an article person. If I see an article, I'll read it. I don't really keep up on the daily news. But so it allegedly all started back on March 10, 2022 at about 830 p.m. When Lauren was out celebrating with her fiance, because I guess there's like a hundred days to their wedding or something. So they are out celebrating, but Lauren became upset and threw a hissy fit after her and her fiance were asked to leave Chelsea park because the green space was closing. The place that they were in was closing. Like I said, this caused the alleged drunk Lauren to get upset, throw food at her fiance, which that's pretty fucked up, but then she would storm away crossing the street, Pushing Barbara after yelling obscenities at her and then she would just walk away like she didn't do anything. It would be a witness who called 911 to report Barbara laying basically in the street bleeding because this woman, like a coward, pushed her and ran away. Barbara was brought to the hospital where she was found to have a hemorrhage on the left side of her brain. In the meantime, according to prosecutors, Lauren hung around the area for about 20 minutes before she took the subway back to her apartment that she shared with her fiancé in Astoria, Queens, where she didn't mention to her fiancé pushing anyone, acting a fool, doing anything stupid until several uh, several hours later. After this, she ended up deleting her social media, removed her wedding website, which I saw had to do with a business. I saw that she had to do weddings, but then in another article, I saw that she was a furniture person. I can't remember off the top of my head what it was, but she dealt with basically high-end furniture. Either way, she removed her website that linked to her business and fled to her parents' home on Long Island. Barbara would be taken off life support five days later and would pass away on March 15th, 2022 from her injuries. Please, in this time, those five days, they were searching for Lauren. Well, first they didn't know who it was and then they were searching for her, searching for her. And Lauren would eventually turn herself in on March 22nd, where she originally pled not guilty. She would go on to change her plea on August 23rd, pleading guilty to first degree manslaughter in exchange with the plea deal she agreed to. She would be charged... Or should be sentenced to eight years in prison. Lauren was sentenced on September 29th to eight and a half years in prison, followed by five years of post-release supervision. And the judge cited Lauren's inability to take responsibility for her actions for this additional six months. Basically, up until when she pled guilty, she still denied calling Barbara a bitch before she pushed her over. Even though there's many counts that this happened, she even told different accounts to A probation officer. I'm not sure why she spoke with a probation officer. I'm not sure if she was on probation to begin with, but it was reported that she made different accounts to a probation officer saying in one of the accounts that she did do this. But in a different account or in court, she couldn't take responsibility for this. She still denied it. So the judge gave her an additional six months for this. And from what I saw, like we said in the last one, federal charges only required 85% of the sentence to be served. But I believe these are state charges, which they could be out as early as 50% of their sentence. Give me one moment. My dog needs to get let out. All right. I'm back. Sorry about that. Now, I do want to talk about Jason Billingsley. However, I don't think I'll have time before my kids get off the bus, unfortunately. So I'm going to end the video here and I will pick up with that either in a different video later tonight. If I have time, maybe tomorrow and I'll release it in a few days. I can talk about him and the three, the two cases that he's involved in, three if you count the gun charge, the stolen gun that he stole from a friend, and we can touch base on the issues and how that arise and all the things that happened with that. Make sure you like this video and subscribe to the channel. You'll want to turn notifications on because I'm kind of all over the place with my releases mostly because you know i have family kids all that work full-time trying to get things back going with the youtube channel on the podcast so do all that good stuff if you are listening to this on youtube and if you are on podcast form please make sure to follow the podcast and if you're feeling generous leave a five-star review i will go ahead and be with you guys again soon until the next video stay safe out there the world can be an ugly place